Greetings from upstate New York. Welcome to the Pastor Duke podcast. I am blessed that you chose to tune in. I pray that God will use me to be a blessing to you. Bring the word of God to you today in a little different sort of a way. Uh, It's been on my heart to try to make the Bible come alive to people. Um, It's what I live for. And today I'll present unto you in I guess what you would call reader's theater style, the life of David. I'll never forget that fateful day when my father, Jesse, called me in unexpectedly from the field where I had been shepherding our family flock of sheep. I sensed something was up out of the ordinary when I saw through the window all my brothers already gathered When I went inside, to my dismay, I found the reason for this sudden and impromptu family gathering. The prophet Samuel was at our house. Wowzer! I had heard of this amazing man of God all my life. What in the world is he doing at our house? This is awesome. When I walked in, it was as though they were waiting for my arrival. I'm like the youngest son, like a nobody shepherd boy, yet all eyes were on me. No one spoke for what seemed like forever. Then Samuel, the prophet, broke the silence, and he said, This is the one. My father seemed shocked and yet thrilled. My six older brothers didn't seem to be too happy at all. I have no clue what's going on. Dad came over to me, hugged me as though he was proud of me, but I still had no clue as to why. Dad said what seemed an unsure smile, David, my son, you'll be the next king of Israel. (laughs) Samuel smiled, put his left hand on my shoulder, and with his right hand poured upon my head from his horn of oil and said, in the name of the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great I am, I anoint you as the next king of Israel. (laughs) Are you kidding me? This is not at all what I was expecting. I am in utter amazement, shock and awe, you might say. Can this really be happening? I'm like 15 years old. I'm the youngest son. I have no formal education. I'm like a shepherd boy. My family are not political movers and shakers in Israel. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be excited about this. I'm kind of more scared as it all began to sink in. Could this really be happening? So if I'm going to be the king, that would mean King Saul will no longer be king. Doing the math. Is this going to be happening sooner or later? It was common knowledge in all Israel that King Saul had seen his best days. He was but a shell of the man he once was. He had rallied the nation in so many military victories in his early tenure as king, but in the past years has fallen out of favor with God and fallen out of favor with many of the leaders of our nation. It was said that King Saul violated a Levitical law in making a sacrifice before a big pending battle with the Philistines. He was king, but not priest. He kind of got too big for his britches, became a little something more. Samuel arrived when King had made that sacrifice by himself. Samuel was furious and heartbroken over Saul's leadership failure. Samuel 
had said to King Saul that the kingdom would be taken away from him and given to a man after God's own heart. So I'm the man Samuel was speaking of. Well, I, I do love the Lord our God with all of my heart, but that does not make me qualified to be a king, does it? Soon after the blunder with the sacrifice, Saul again made a fool of himself, this time in public before the nation. Another battle arose with the Philistines when the hero for our people wasn't the king, but his valiant son, Jonathan. Long story made short, Jonathan and his armor bearer slew the initial combatants, which triggered Jewish confidence and a huge victory against all odds against the powerful enemy. And in the heat of that battle drama, King Saul made a foolish decree that no soldier should take even a bite of food till the Philistines were completely subdued. It made absolutely no sense to anyone, but perhaps the king who was kind of losing his mind, it seemed. His son, Jonathan, the hero of this battle, had no clue what his father had done, innocently took some honey they found along the way, uh, strengthened himself a little bit, violating his father's foolish orders. When the battle was gloriously won, when the king should have been celebrating the heroics of his valiant son, he decreed that Jonathan should die for his insurrection. Yeah, that's how crazy Saul had become. Thankfully, the military officers rallied behind Jonathan and forbade the king to kill the hero of the war. Things were going from bad to worse for Saul. The nation's confidence in him was eroding fast. The final big public failure for Saul soon followed. God gave him clear instructions concerning the Amalekites, longtime enemies of Israel. King Saul violated all God's orders and kept the best of the spoils that God had condemned. When Samuel confronted Saul, Saul blamed it all on the people. Oh, the people wanted to say this, save this. The Samuel told the king publicly, because you rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Well, all of this is the backdrop as to why Samuel showed up at my house. The king that was willing to kill his own son, a national hero to save his own political face, is doing all he can to hold on to his political power. So being anointed next king brought some very real and dangerous complications my way. Samuel had a long talk with my family about my anointing before he left. He told us he had come to our house incognito. Neither the king nor the nation knew he was there. He warned all of us if Saul finds this out, we could all be in danger, especially me as his successor. This is kind of hard stuff for a young guy my age to lay low about. My brothers were not so happy for their kid brother to be chosen king. It, there seemed to be hints of jealousy emerging on their part towards me. Hopefully they could be trusted to keep my anointing a secret until the proper time. Wow, nothing would be the same for our family and especially for me. 
this was a big pill for this teenage kid to swallow. Am I supposed to do something? Will Samuel come back and give me some kind of information, some preparation plans? Uh, I waited, but he didn't return. It was exciting for sure, but it was awkward. I can't tell anyone about it. All I could do was wait and do the next right thing. And all I had to hold on to was Samuel's words, which he spake that day to my family. God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Well, outward appearance would have had one of my older brothers being king, but for some reason, God chose me. God looks upon the heart. I guess having a right relationship with God, being a good worshiper, might be more important than what I had previously realized. Number two, when Saul was rejected as king, Samuel told him God was going to replace the king with a man after God's own heart. That's all I had to hold on to. So back to the fields with the sheep. You talk about a confusing time. Oh my. My family didn't know what to think about all of this. I didn't know what to think. Hopefully they would keep their mouths shut and wait upon the Lord. All I knew at this point is be a man after God's own heart. So I prayed more than I ever prayed before. I memorized scripture, hiding God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I studied from the scriptures how our God moved and worked mightily in the lives of my Jewish forefathers. I was strengthened by our father Abraham's faith. I almost memorized the life of Joseph, who also was chosen of God to save the nation. He had more older brothers than I did. Oh, I could relate to that. Things didn't get easier for him as God moved in his life, and things weren't really getting easier for me either. It was tragic how his brothers forsook him, sold him into slavery because of their jealousy. It was horrible how he was falsely accused of attempted rape by Potiphar's wife and forgotten in prison. But God had him right where he wanted him. Oh, what a story God wrote in the life of Joseph. And in God's providence, Pharaoh has a dream. Joseph interprets the dream. In the morning, he was prisoner, and by noon, he was prime minister of Egypt. That's my God. As he was with Joseph, I know he is with me. I'll just draw nigh to God. I'll be his sweetest worshiper. I'll be the greatest praiser I can possibly be and wait to see how he may have things unfold in my life. The waiting for something to happen was short-lived. The nation was watching King Saul more closely than ever as his cognitive abilities were waning. The incident with the military top brass when the king had to be stopped from killing his own son, Jonathan, had many people at the top questioning his mental ability to lead the nation. Their suspicions only fueled the fires of Saul's insecurity. It was public knowledge that the prophet Samuel would see Saul no more. He was done with him. That left Saul in a mental, emotional, and spiritual fog. That's why the next big event unfolded. The king sent out staffers 
into the community to find a cunning musician to play music for King Saul to help calm his nerves and help him find peace and go to sleep at night. And there came a knock on our door. They had heard from the town elders that there was a gifted young musician nearby. The son of Jesse, the youngest son, kid's name is David. It was me. Of course, these people have no clue of Samuel's visit and of the anointing. It's game on. God was calling my name again. I'm off to the palace with my harp and songbook. My days as a shepherd are now abruptly over. But lessons learned in the fields with the sheep, tending God's sheep would produce some lifetime wisdom. Those experiences would turn out to be a great education in themselves. God knows what he's doing. Well, for anyone else to be chosen chief musician, (laughs) that rocks. To be uh, the king's top brass would be a thrill. But for me, it was more of a chill. Saul was guarding his throne with everything he had. He trusted almost no one. Most everyone was afraid to cross him, and now sitting right next to him every evening playing and singing is his yet unknown successor. One word might best sum all this up. Awkward. I was wondering if Samuel had found out the kid that he had recently and privately anointed is now uh, in the palace next to the king every night as the chief musician. Wow, the drama thickens. I think it was about here when I really began to feel that divine sense of destiny. There were hundreds of musicians that could have landed that job, better musicians than myself, but it was little old nobody, me, that now sits at the king's right hand. This could not be a coinky dinky. I sense strongly that God had put me right where he wanted me, even if it is a dangerous place to be. Just as he had done for Joseph, I sensed he was doing the same for me. I had that divine sense of destiny. I was begging God for wisdom on what and what not to do. I found both joy and fear to be where I was. I saw up close and personal the king who was only a year or so ago was my hero, but now he was broken, unstable, desperate, and a dangerous man. God's favor must have been powerful upon me. I felt God's hand upon my music like never before. Saul loved it and seemed to trust me. Out of nowhere, he promoted me to be his own armor bearer. This put me dead center in his life, not just music in the evening, but all day long. I was 24-7 on call to the man who Samuel said I would succeed as king. All this was a lot for a young guy to swallow. There was an anxiety that never went away. that Saul would find out about the anointing, even uh, perhaps kill Samuel and myself. It just never went away. At the human level, I felt great danger, but I knew that I knew that I knew God was writing the story. I gave up trying to figure anything out anymore. 
I just determined to praise, to pray my way through to whatever God had next. I really felt that staying close and tender before God would be enough to get me through. I had done nothing of human achievement to get me where I am, except maybe all those hours practicing my my harp and my music as a kid. It was clearly God who had gotten me here. And I was secure that I could trust God for what would come next. It's like I was in a holding pattern for a while, waiting for whatever God would do next. It was during that short season that Jonathan and I connected, saw him every day at meals, and oh, what a friend he became. I was in awe of Jonathan, who was a few years older than myself. I had a thousand questions for him about that huge military victory he led over the Philistines. He was truly a man's man, but oh, so humble in spirit. He took no credit for that miraculous victory he led. He gave all the glory to God and praised his armor bearer for stepping up alongside him to take the first 20 out, the first 20 Philistine soldiers. It was evident that God's hand was no longer on King Saul, but God's hand was clearly on Jonathan. He was such an easy guy to love and respect. I asked God in my prayers many times, why didn't you just choose a Jonathan to succeed his father? That's what I'd do if I were you, God. Why, Lord, did you choose me? I'm just a shepherd boy who plays a little harp. It didn't make total sense to me. I was still a bit insecure, but I knew. The prophet Samuel knew what he was doing, and I knew it was no coinky-dinky. I'm the armor bearer now along as chief musician. I knew God had me where he wanted me, and that is really, really important. I had no clue what to do. I just determined to do the next right thing and leave the results with God. It wasn't all that long before the next big event would unfold. You'd never really feel ready for what's going to be next, but it comes anyway. And it came through trouble, more trouble. The Philistine saga had another huge event brewing. They had a champion warrior who was a descendant of Anak a giant, nine feet tall, a killing machine. He had our nation, again, paralyzed by fear. It will be here in the next big event would unfold in my life, where my experience would move mostly from God's providential hand upon me to God's absolute miraculous hand upon me. Everything would change on what was about to happen. I can't wait to tell you all about it, how it all rolled out, how the nation rallied together. A great victory would uh, come our way, and God would put me right in the center of it all. I can't wait to share it all with you. But you're going to have to come back next week to hear the continuing life of David. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning me in today. I hope bringing the Bible alive to you in first person, in drama, getting into the text, makes the Word of God come alive for you. Hope it's a blessing. Please 
share this with your friends. Please, um, you know what to do. Hit all the buttons. As the gurus of the podcast world see my numbers growing, that makes me more visible and more public. And so let's get the word of God out together. Hope to be a blessing. Hey, love you. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Continue the life of David. Bye-bye.